there's such richness in each community and each culture. And like, I don't feel that it would be a healing for that to, to be lost. And, you know, that, that is part of what I believe, you know, I know that I've, I've been healing, you know, it is that relationship with directly with the earth and with the ancestors. It's like, you know, that's, that's the commonality that we really all do share as, um, as people who are learn you know, relearning, like, how to be how do we be indigenous how do we belong to the earth how do we belong to ourselves and how do we belong to one another um you know our short time on this planet so like that taproot down to the earth like there really is there's something there that's calling and waiting and asking for us if we're willing to really listen you know and not just I heard someone recently call it, you know, putting all the stamps on the psychedelic passport. Like what, <laughs> you know, and like, what if that's not, not really all that necessary um, to do in order to get what it is that we really need to receive. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations podcast. Today with me, a very special guest. Uh, so let's welcome Nicole Lily. Thank you so much for creating this time to be here with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me and putting all of this effort into making this beautiful educational podcast for everyone. Deep bow to you, Susan. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, I'd like to just say a few sentences of your bio just to give a context so uh, they get to know you a little bit more. But we will have your full bio and your links in the show notes if they wanted to come over and check it all out. Uh, so Nicole is an integrative healing artist, educator and guide providing education, guidance and support for personal development through a holistic framework, including body, mind, heart and spirit. She has been in the healing arts and transformational arts 12 years and holds a master's in body psychotherapy from Norapa University along with a license in massage therapy. She skillfully guides individuals and groups choosing to embark on their journey with expanded states of consciousness and botanical allies uh, such as sacred mushrooms. I like that you call them botanical allies. We'll probably get into that in a moment. Um, Nicole, thank you so much again. And just want to begin this conversation, as always, with your background story. What brings you to, to this work? Mm, yes, thank you, Susan. Um, I, you know, probably like many people who are attracted to this work, um, my my experiences began very early in life um, and my having a relationship, um, you know, however distorted or, or not that was as a young person. Um, and I actually began forging mushrooms when I was about 15 years old. This was before there was the internet. Um, and so that relationship goes pretty far back for me. And then at one point, um, you know, as is possible with young people, a lot of things happened at home and trauma was coming up in my life. 
and things started to really turn dark. And I took a good long break from uh, the psychedelic world and entered into the corporate world, which has its own layers of darkness to contend with. And um, eventually got out of that and found my way to a yoga and shamanic and energy training in Bali that really turned a huge corner in my life. And that was also the first time that I sat with the mushrooms again in like 15 years. And it was a solo journey um, for me in, you know, just beautiful on the beach. And um, that whole trip and whole trajectory just really changed my life. I decided to go to grad school. You take this three years of commitment, deeply studying the body, my nervous system, how to manage my own trauma, work through that. Um, and that was a really important component for me. And, and I wove in a little bit of cannabis medicine at that time. Uh, that was the first training that I actually did was with medicinal mindfulness in, um, in Boulder because cannabis had just become legalized and sat with the mushrooms a bit, but it wasn't the main focus for me while I was deeply immersed in that part of my life. It was really after I came out of that particular emergence that I started to find community within the psychedelic spaces and, and really integrated that in a bigger way from my own healing and transformation. And things just really naturally unfolded from there for me. Um, my somatic skills translated really well in ceremonial spaces, support spaces, and, um, you know, I wanted to be kind of legitimate uh, as someone who'd gone through a master's program. So I spent some time training in ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and cannabis-assisted psychotherapy and did that for a while, uh, working with a lot of, of trauma um, in a clinical environment. And, you know, the truth is that that was just not really the right environment for me. And so we had this this beautiful, you know, gift of COVID that came along. And I was laid off from that work um, and had simultaneously, things were changing and shifting in the legal landscape here. So Denver had decriminalized mushrooms. This was actually what a lot of people were looking for. Um, it wasn't really ketamine. And so we started having people ask, to hold space for them in this way. And it's been a natural unfolding from that time forward. And at this point, my work is really focused um, on, on a sacred relationship with the mushrooms themselves. And so um, there are many beautiful, you know, allies and options out there that are available, but I've been in a process of deep listening. And at this time, that just feels like where I want to put my focus, my presence, and my expertise, and I, my experience is that they really have so much to offer um, humanity and the earth. And so, yeah, I could I could keep speaking, but that's that's the overview. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. So, one of the reasons I got attracted to your work, obviously, I follow you on LinkedIn, and. Um, there was this beautiful post that was very different than the usual. And I could tell that you're really connected to, to, to connected to, to the, the nature, the medicines beyond the, 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 um, 
therapeutic model or even the shamanic model. And I knew there was something else there. And, and you already said it. It's, it's more of the energetic kind of work behind that goes into this work. And yeah, there was definitely a unique something about your posts and the way you connect and the way you bring your voice and your message in this, uh, you know, psychedelic renaissance or the revival that we are experiencing. And that's when I realized and also acknowledged how important it is to be trained in all these different modalities and just learning about psychedelics that itself is not enough to hold space or guide people or, you know, it's just not enough. And, and you know, it's just really humbling to see that all these modalities coming together, actually uh, supporting what is now unfolding as the whole new model in the Western world, right? So I would like to take, you know, if you could speak to that and your experience, um, did, did this just come about through the pandemic lockdown where you had more time to reflect? Was it just like you always had that intuition intuitive guidance towards working with the medicines with all different modalities like how did that come about mm, yeah that's like such a great question and my first impulse is like um it, it like the top-down model right which is really the somatic model and it's working from like the bottom up uh and turning the tradition you know the traditional way of seeing things on its head which is very top down and mind down um, and so this was very much an emergent process for me in this way that mirrors the development that has been most useful for me in my life. Um, and so I, like, I don't know what it would have even been like for me to go into it thinking like, oh, I want to be a, you know, a guide or a facilitator because it's just never been my construct. Um, you know, that being said, like there was always this interest. So even when I was in graduate school, uh, the MAP studies were happening in Boulder. And so I was attending talks. Um, like I said, there I attended a, a trip sitter, you know, training with cannabis um, through medicinal mindfulness. And so there was this way that like my young, my young wounded self, that young wounded part was seeking some sort of repair all along. And um, it feels like it's really matured now. And so it didn't just begin with the, the pandemic. It really was more of a multi-layered unfolding of like, oh, okay, well, yes, I'm, I'm going to attend this ceremony. And now I'm being invited to assist the ceremony. And huh, like, there's a lot of natural ease and the skills that I learned in my somatic program, which was very experiential and very embodied and, and, and many times very uncomfortable to be, you know, really witnessed in the fullness of, of my being and witnessing others in that way. And so it just, it was such a natural fit for that space and, um, expressing things through the body and really being there with people, mirroring that process, engaging with them. So there, there, there doesn't even have to be words. It's just this felt sense of attunement and 
you know, there is someone here who is with me that is actually giving me full permission to express in this in this particular way. And, you know, that's very different than we see with the, the blindfold and the Hopkins and, you know, like, let's just do this really high dose, um, which has its place. So it was it was this incremental unfolding. And one of the messages that I had received in a journey was, you know, when you're aligned, things will flow. And that's been a, a big guidepost for me over the years. Um, I like to conceive of integration most simply as what's your sacred yes and what's your sacred no. And knowing what that feels like energetically in the soma um, and, and, and throughout the entire being. And so that's really what has guided me. And it's been an invitation as much as it has been me looking um, for particular things and really paying attention when it's like, oh, yeah, this is interesting to me mentally, but there's actually something that is not harmonized and in resonance for what I need to do. Um, it was really once Denver decriminalized mushrooms, I would say is probably the biggest catalyst for being able to step forward and do the work um, in a way that has more safety and visibility around it. Um, still dancing in a gray area much of the time uh, with that. But it also made people more comfortable to specifically start asking these questions and becoming curious and that the conversations were being had in a bigger way inside of community. And so all of those different pieces uh, really feeling held in that in that process and all along, you know, still doing my work. I, I, I strongly believe in practicing what it is that I preach. So, um, yeah, wasn't <laughs> my young self is really proud of me, <laughs> but it was not something that I went out seeking per se. It's just a way that has come to be that has a natural resonance for who I am and yeah. uh, lights me up. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like an organic growth and organic uh, progress rather than figuring out the outcome and 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 having that goal to arrive there it's, it's rather sort of going with the flow of the progress and organically just arriving to a mature place of seeing things more objectively and having a more sort of a bigger perspective so that's what i'm hearing and um, i think this is very much like the structure of the psychedelic work, isn't it? It's 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 kind of like taking, you know, um, who was it? Uh, I think it was um one of the lead um psychotherapists for maps. She said, I love what she says. She goes, you know, sometimes they say there is no structure in psychedelic work or the psychedelic uh working, you know, on yourself, uh inner work or the work through psychedelics, but she goes, actually there is because there is a timeline where your younger inner child or the wounded child grows up mm. and matures. <laughs> and I think that was kind of like spot on. And um, this is what I'm hearing. It's so beautiful. Um, could you talk to us and if our listeners tuning in for the first time and they have no idea what somatic therapy mm. or, or working this, you know, the concept of somatic 
therapy or somatic or, or combining the the psychedelics with soma how would yeah. you could you please talk to us what does that mean how does that look like yeah um well you know there are different schools of thought around it but essentially it's it's working with with the body as a foreground um for material uh you know in contrast to taking the mental concepts and constructs so it's a it's a bottom up process it's the idea that you know 95% of um of what actually resides in the mind is in the subconscious and that those subconscious contents are actually held in the tissues they're held in this in in the cells in the way that we breathe and respiration and so all of those various components um it's it's taking a step back from what our interpretations are about things and really slowing the process down to notice what is actually happening from the layer of the physiology. And I, I even want to say the, the energetic system, which is slightly different than the nervous system. And, and, and there's some distinguishment between these things, but allowing that information to arise um, from the subconscious um, held in the soma so that we can bring it up for awareness and receive new information and insights. And, you know, sometimes just these somatically led processes to prepare people um, can pr- bring forward new information and insights, bef- you know, before there's ever any sort of, you know, mushroom ingested microdose or otherwise, um, so it's a really beautiful way to tap into our own innate medicine, really, and that the information is there. It's just really waiting for our attention and it's waiting for us to slow down enough to go, huh, like what's what's under that? And what happens if I start to take away the known stories? Like what's actually true here? So that's one way of conceiving of it um, yeah yeah I think definitely agree uh, the body has a massive role in this healing healing arts processes yeah especially mm-hmm. in the psychedelic so yeah and how so when you trained in different different modalities for example would you intuitively be there present for the person going through whatever they are in the you know in their processes would you be how how would you know how to support this is like a question if it's coming from a listener, for example, how does one know which mod- modality to choose or tap into or even study to begin with? Because now, as you know, psychedelic assisted therapy is being promoted and so many organizations are developing their own training programs. And sometimes I get questions like, how do I become a psychedelic assisted therapist? Where do I go and get the training? But then it's not just about learning how to assist somebody through psychedelic experience. But like you said, what about the other stuff? Like how does one choose which way to go about? Mm-hmm. So how, what mm-hmm. would you say to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is where really longevity and time and devotion comes into play. You know, I don't think it's fair for one to think like, okay, I'm going to do a year of training and, you know, in a thing and then have this whole suite of tools that, I intuitively know how to pick and choose from, you know, it really is taking things individually and one at a time and spending some time with each of those modalities to learn how they functionally operate within oneself. And, you know, then through, through 
through practice, um, whether or not that, you know, that's paid, but it has to be through the experience of actually trying it on one by one initially to see what do each of these have to offer. And, and then, you know, we can start to see overlaps and the interplays and the interface between, oh, well, this method is a lot similar to this. And there's some commonalities that I can start to pull from and draw from. Um, and then like the, in, it, then the integration of those start to get woven together. Uh, in a more intelligent way that becomes natural. It's, a, it's you know, kind of like riding a bicycle or something along those lines too, right? Like you have to kind of practice and get it into your muscle memory and understand it. Um, and then reading the individual in front of you and knowing how they may most receive and respond what it is that's being offered. So yes, the, you know, it really has to be an experiential felt sense process. Um, again, going back to the idea of the Soma, um, you know, we can't really choose these things from the mind. There's a certain way that it feels in the body. And, and when we start to be with the clients in, in their fields, we also can feel what is their presence like? in, you know, in our body and, and what's the harmonization there. Um, and so it's kind of that, again, going back to that attunement and that felt sense experience that I may go, oh, okay, there's something here that I'm feeling could really resonate for this particular client. And, um, like, oh, I, I maybe know what ideas or constructs that they're coming. And so how do I want to bring this language and then it's it, and again it's a process of observation you know how does this land for this individual it's not necessarily about always getting it right you know it's actually about the willingness to experiment with the person in front of us because that also gives them permission to experiment and not feel like they have to get it right and so there's this process of joining together um that happens and it's a it's actually a bit more playful uh, than hierarchical when we start to approach it that way. And if we're in, a, in the approaching it with the spirit of play, um, there's almost no getting it wrong, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. With, you know, with the caveat of having really learned those things, you know, deeply. So. Yeah. Thank you for that. So uh, again, we always come back to, Facilitator knowing how to navigate these territories and also having their own experiences, making sure that they have done all the necessary steps and, you know, working on themselves. Because, you know, if you don't understand the territory, how would you, how would you res uh, relate? Um, also the modalities. Yeah. I am seeing a lot of people coming through now, um, trained in somatic therapy or somatic psycho. Uh, uh, body psychology that they are coming in sort of coupling with the psychedelic medicine so I'm seeing that a lot so I guess it's a good match together mm -hmm. just a it's a really good match feels like yeah I mean there's a lot of nonverbal, you know spaciousness that can happen in both of those modalities and so you know even even the capacity to um you know, as a space holder to, to sit in that silence and recognize 
that there's actually so much that's happening in the field, right? And like to not just kind of be uh, a wall <laughs> around that, but like, oh, wow, like how do I actually uh, start to match whatever's happening in this energetic sort of way that's nonverbal, it's very unspoken, and, um, you know, to kind of layer in, this isn't really from the world of somatics, but like this is where bringing in other things like sound, um, you know, and instruments can be very valuable. And that's one of the things that I use in my process sometimes. It's like, oh, like, what's the vibration that's happening in someone's nervous system here? Does this feel like a rattle? Is this a drum? Like, what's going on? And so these other ways... Um, that are not psychotherapeutic in nature to, again, like attune with that individual in service of helping to amplify and whatever it is to allow it to be expressed in its fullness. And yeah, this is beautiful. And that's why we call it healing arts, Mm -hmm. because it's not the, the Western model of just sitting, coming into therapy, just there is a cognitive and intellectual making sense of things and then there you are with all these different modalities you know you try and explore everything uh, allow the person and also I think it's reciprocated in the process because the person then really you know opens up to more expansive thinking and being in the space Uh, I find that um, I mean there's nothing wrong with the traditional therapy because I'm also trained in that way so I understand but I think these times require much more creative approach, especially in the psychedelic space, I believe. So I'm, I'm guessing you feel the same. Absolutely. And I feel that like that, that creative essence, that life force is really fundamentally what it is that so many people feel like they're missing and they're really attempting to tap into. And, um, you know, and we can label that certain things. We can label it depression for, you know, having a suppressed life force. We can label it anxiety for having like a life force that doesn't quite know what to do with itself and how to express. Um, And so opening that, that creative frame and just, again, like, you know, play, playfulness is such a, such a, a big piece that I think that people are missing and so that's where things like the mushrooms can can be incredible allies you know to to start to open these experiences up and open up the the levels and layers of curiosity and it's like you know whatever you have to say in the space is all welcome and like oh my gosh and yes of course this happens um for more than you and we opening up those creative frames it's like there's this whole symbolic and metaphorical world that, you know, resides on a different plane than the earthly plane. And it, you know, so tapping into those archetypal realms and the causal realms of experience, you know, really gives people so much more possibility than what they may have come to believe that they have available to them. And opening up that possibility in my in my um, experience, also starts to unravel the trauma in a different way Um, because it's like, oh, like I can really feel the expansiveness 
of this? And then what is the story that I want to create out of that trauma? It's not that it didn't happen, but how do I want to start to create if I am this archetypal mythic being who's living in a human body on the planet? (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I think, especially post-pandemic, there's a lot of uh, depression, sadness, you know, grief, loss, and all of that. I think definitely the the way forward is the lightness, bringing more lightness into the work. It's already dark. It's already intense. It's already, you know, there's so much layers and depth to it. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a big component to you, right, of like, feeling feeling ourselves as nature feeling ourselves as the cosmos like that that these are just like these are our ancestors as well you know it doesn't have to stay in the human realm of experience and um you know i i really encourage that because when we like nature in some ways is infallible Right when we turn to the earth, like her, like her heartbeat is there. The resonance is there, and like that's a reliable thing that we can attune to. And you know, humans by our nature, we you know we're polarized. We're we're fallible beings. And as lovely as community, you know, is, and you know, as necessary as as that is, you know, that that doesn't come without its shadows as well and without its challenges as well and without a great deal of misattunement sometimes. And so it's, it's, it's the both and, and so learning to self-resource and, you know, like know thyself and be able to stand in, in who I am and helping others to stand in who they are and and rise up and be an expression of that and and tap into something that's got such deep deep ancient roots uh like i i feel like that is such a medicine that is needed for our time and we need every person in the community who can you know ultimately learn to do that and hold that space for themselves so that whenever whatever comes up in their family systems um you know in their ordinary world uh that is not some separate community that's doing psychedelics like that's the and that's the work of integration Mm, i love that so what what are you seeing right now what are your observations uh, in terms of, because you know, um, I I remember speaking to one of our guests, and he said, he said one time, you know, he said, Susan, you know, when you're in something, for example, psychedelics, you know, if you're an explorer of psychedelics and you're in these circles and communities, you forget that rest of the world is not like that. Um, but I think there is a shift now, and rest of the world or, or everyone, I think there's a global sort of um interest now developing um because of the the resumed studies and researchers and all these organizations like maps and other kind of so many other organizations that are coming up now and call you know like imperial college in the uk for example they're really leading the way now and seems like the mainstream media is tapping into it um even the people that two three years ago wouldn't have an idea what psychedelic is now 
they are googling and they're learning and they want to search and and search for these kind of podcasts and just listen and understand what are we dealing with so i think we're in a very interesting era and you said do you do you see that um ultimately we're going to have to integrate them in our lives in in whatever shape and form they're coming so fast meaning they psychedelic substances or medicines um they're coming into our lives in like again a bit like the 50s the revolution the first wave but they're coming really fast and and somehow what are you seeing and observing in terms of like different communities countries cultures how will they start to integrate in, into their lives like what are your thoughts on that mm, gosh that is such a big question <laughs> um well presently i live in denver colorado and so you know like we were the first in the united states to really put forward um decriminalization at a city level and then it has just um, recently, there's been some other policy changes at a statewide level where there's decriminalization and a regulated um, access model that's being put forward. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like that um, was quite stressful in the community in a lot of ways because you have, you know, kind of, again, the bottom up of the community um, and and who holds a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and people who've been doing the work and kind of slowly building. And then you kind of have top down um, special, special interests, you know, people with a lot of money um, and, and those two worlds really colliding for a little bit. And so, you know, there's, there's been some conflict and conflict of interest, even with trying to birth this. So it really feels like it's this, you know, birthing process that's trying to to happen, and there are going to be some painful moments that come with that. Uh, before you know, we, everything is just kind of out in the open and and with the light. And so, I perceive that there's going to be a lot of space holding um, that is going to come well beyond an individual sort of level, um, but it's going to really call call forward people to get clear on their integrity, their values, how they want to operate, you know, uh, seeing things through different frameworks and ethical lensing. So you've got decriminalization coexisting alongside a regulatory model. You know, what, what does that look like? Um, who ultimately has the say in all of this? And so, you know, these are very big existential questions in some ways that I think are going to have us like not just confront the psychedelic space, but actually confront like how do we show up for one another in communities? How do we show up for one another in our household spaces? Um, what are the things that are on the table to talk about? And, um, you know, can we really put forward community models if we aren't having a level of vulnerability with one another and, and starting to really see through um, some of the illusions behind this? So it's like you have the presentation and then you have like all of the real stuff that's behind the presentation that has to be dealt with. And so it very much feels like it's this larger communal <laughs> birthing psychedelic process that is underway. And, you know, I don't, 
I don't know the answers, but again, I, for me, I just have to come back to what's my sacred. Yes. What's my sacred? No. What feels aligned here and um, staying very centered and present in myself. And where do I perceive some gaps um, that I can start to fill? And one of those gaps that I actually do recognize and that I've been working to fulfill is like self-guided journeys. Um, you know, we have a lot of space holding and trip sitters and facilitators and therapists. Um, and for me and my personal experience, holding space for myself has been tremendously important. And um, and there's not a lot of discussion around that. And so that's one of the areas that I am focused on right now uh, is equipping each person to really show up for themselves in a certain way and, and, and with community touch points as well to support that. Um, so that, that way, scalability doesn't really necessarily become the question of the day and affordability is not the question of the day. It's if, if it's like, oh, I've been through my process. I've, I know what this is like. I don't necessarily have to charge you money. I don't have to have an ego about being a trip sitter. You know, like those things just factor in a little bit less. And again, it's to me, it's coming back to that bottom up model and knowing myself and doing the own work, your own work. And I see that as a gap in the space and it's one that I'm working to try to fill. Mm, that's wonderful. Nicole, I think um, ultimately psychedelics or not, therapy or not, ultimately in this conversation, I'm hearing that the goal is to give people the confidence, the agency, the choice and build capacity in them so they can rather continually relying on others and outsourcing and that codependency because I think the industrialization has created a humanity that is always codependent to codependent to their doctor or their therapist or their parents or partners and the, the workplace. So I feel like the the bigger picture here that you you continually reinforcing is the um, idea of liberation from all of this, these models that people can finally breathe and liberate and become their own you know agency right that's that's like the key here I'm hearing from how you speak um we may be using psychedelics other modalities therapy but ultimately your mission is to liberate each person so they can become their own you know container their own um autonomous being in in their own skin and comfortable and and yeah express their lives and more authentically aligned I guess yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, you know, if we, to me, that changes the conversation, you, you yeah. know, and it changes the conversation from a pathological, you know, reparative model to one that to me is so much more inspiring and has the capacity to, you know, to, to bubble up and start to shift our systems in a meaningful way. And I might not ever see it, you know, fully in my lifetime to the degree that, that I can imagine, um, but we, you know, putting those things in place and to whether or not, you know, uh, psychedelics or, you know, plants and fungi are involved, like to really just kind of see this as 
as a lifelong work in progress because that, you know, people are so starved for meaning because of these sort of systems. They can, you know, like, okay, and now I'm doing the job that I don't really love. And like, I'm just kind of going through the motions of my life and there's no vitality here. Um, and, you know, again, going back to those possibilities um, for, for people and, and that's contagious. I mean, like there is, there's a, there's a somatic resonance. There is a heart resonance that extends, you know, like 30 feet beyond the, beyond the field. And so it's like, wow, like what if I just am psychedelic? <laughs> like I am that, and I am, a, you know, I am, I am a liberated being who um, just, just has this way about me. And like, right, like the person that I'm in contact with, they may never even need to to do that, that they can experience the change through me. And that has a ripple effect as well, you know? And I I see that potential for like family systems where it's like, okay, like my mother and father, they're not going to, they're not going to take mushrooms. And, you know, they really don't need to because like I am embodying the change for me. I am embodying the change for my family. And to me, that's like, also ancestral healing in a really beautiful way. And that ripples, you know, from past to future. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. So they get to experience it through you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is so powerful stuff. Because otherwise, you know, if we focus too much on the psychedelic renaissance, and what the medicines are telling us or what, how it's coming really strong and forcefully. Um, and then, you know, everyone's too busy trying to figure out who's, 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 who qualifies to be a facilitator, who qualifies to be a shaman or the therapist or the, who's, you know, you know, that there's a job, you know, everyone's after a title again. Uh, it, it's just no different than the Western initial model anyway. And we're back to back to square one. Who's going to be the leading person in this space, right? It's so absolutely true. And I, I caught myself doing that. So um, last August, I renounced my psychotherapy designation on, on stage, actually, to hold myself accountable. And, um, and, you know, but then I kind of proceeded and recognized, I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm guiding in this particular way, I'm still doing the exact same thing. And so there was this moment for me in the spring where I really got very clear on what was next, like what was the next assignment? Not that I have to give up all of the things that I'm doing, but it really came through very clear. And, you know, the words were teach a man to fish. (laughs) And um, it's like, wow, okay, like I've been really being confronted with my ego here. What what happens if I'm willing to not impart this as a training to more guides or this or, you know, be any particular important person? What happens if I actually share what I know with just, you know, whomever is really in the space that is ready to receive that with a good heart? And in a good way, um, like that to me feels so much more empowering. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a the, there's something that I like to honor in this space of you know doing self work, which is 
the law of reciprocity. I feel like when we become too scarce, like the, the scarcity mindset, and we become too rigid and um, fear, having that fear, oh, you know, if everybody learns this, then, then you know, there's a lot of obviously um, negative uh, thought processes around this that people try to, you know, I'm also listening to complaints about how expensive these services are, that um, the real people who need it actually cannot access it because of the financial situation, challenging situation. And um, But, you know, the way you're now approaching is just kind of sharing it freely, knowing that it's going to go to that person who's ready anyway and who is not ready will carry on with the you know, there's a divine timeline, divine timing in people's readiness and, and building capacity to, to hear and receive. So, uh, and just kind of letting that flow and just let people receive if they're ready. And that is exactly the essence of what the medicine is trying to teach us, right? This is yeah. exactly yeah. what they teach us. I mean, I listen to a lot of people who go through a really deep transformational plant medicine dieters, and they always say, Plants wants us to connect and have autonomy and care mm -hmm. for each other and share. So mm -hmm. um, this is the, the nature of, of, of everything. And um, again, you know, coming back to the earlier, con uh, earlier conversation of like, who's going to be having the highest title, leading spaces and all of that. It's again, misses the whole point. This is the Absolutely. whole point, right? Absolutely, you know, and I, I've, I've tried the kind of retreat model a bit as well. And I was like, nope, that's not it. You know, that's, that's another Western approach trying to like do it how we think that it works. But it's like, that's not actually what's happening in these indigenous communities. It's, it's embedded in their way of being. It is them sitting across from their neighbors. And, you know, that's what that is. And so the retreat model um, you know, it can be lovely and I don't feel that it's going to really be sufficient in order to do the depth of work. You know, people get ultimately will be replacement for the people in our lives who we have the challenges with. And so we might, you know, there might be some drama that gets worked out there or gets played out there, acted out. Um, and unless it's done in a really intentional healthy way and that's what people are signing up for I'm not so sure about that model either um and yeah. so that's not to say that you know I don't need to be compensated from for how I'm educating or teaching people because you know as you know it takes a lot of time and and dedication and an extra support to put these things out into the world um but ultimately it's you know it's a language that we all can learn to speak and it's not it's not the language of psychedelics. It's the language of the psyche, which is the language of the soul, which is how the earth speaks to us. And it's how the divine yeah. speaks. To us. Mm, yeah. Cause psychedelics ultimately they're just kind of door openers, aren't they? They're not, they're not the ones that may, uh, make the change happen. It's again, like you said, we, maybe we are the psychedelic, maybe we are the medicine, and mm -hmm. maybe that's what we need to come to understanding. And, and this is the work that you want to give voice to. Like, hey, you know, if this is not about creating leaders or, you know, people man to, to manage people, but it's about this time. 
that you start to do your own and and get to that agency yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Wow. And I think you answered my question already because I was thinking in this crazy noise out there about the psychedelics and how it's going to be structured, how it's going to be, you know, what kind of models, what kind of, you know, because if you look at the globe globally, we're so mixed and diverse and culturally and lifestyles and upbringing and family dynamics. I mean, it's just so limiting to think that we can create structures when it comes to self-work. Self-work is ever-expansive, ever-evolving, progressive path. And, yeah, it just, again, misses the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this, this conversation is very psychedelic type, by the way. It's just like, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Thank you for this. Uh, yeah, thank you. It's been a real, a real pleasure to be in this. And, you know, yeah, there's there's such richness in each community and each culture. And like it, I I don't feel that it would be a healing for that to, to be lost. And you know, that that is that is part of what I believe, you know, I know that I've I've been healing. You know, it is that relationship with directly with the earth and with the ancestors. It's like you know, that's, that's the commonality that we really all do share as, um, as people who are learn, you know, relearning, like how to be, how do we be indigenous? How do we belong to the earth? How do we belong to ourselves and how do we belong to one another? Um, you know, our short time on this planet. So that's so wonderful. You know, another guest of ours early days, um, she said, um, she said that she decided to work with a native medicine carrier in in peru and she decided to obviously work with ayahuasca and then but she came from the scandinavian countries and um eastern european and she was in one of her experience like the medicine was directly saying what are you doing here this is not your land go back go back and recover your own roots learn about Mm -hmm. your own medicines like your tradition where do you come from your lineage Mm-hmm. in your in your own land you know you were born there for a reason what are you doing in Peru in the jungle you know it's a different culture you're not accustomed to it you don't know anything about this culture go back and learn your own old lineage and bring that to your people yes it's so moving yes absolutely and this is one of the reasons that I feel like you know, I'm committed to the mushrooms because this is where I started early in my journey. You know, it was, it was, it was where I was born. It was, you know, in the South on that land. And there was a way that I got, I got to know that process, you know, not through another culture, not through another lineage. And, you know, one of my primary mentors, like she's deeply connected in with her Celtic lineage. And that resonates you know, with more of my, you know, my ancestry and European background as well. And, um, and I, I feel like that's really worth listening to. And again, like that, like that taproot down to the earth, like there really is, there's something there that's calling and waiting and asking for us if we're willing to really listen, you know, and not just, I heard someone recently call it, you know, putting all the stamps on the psychedelic passport. Like what? 
um, you know, and like, what if that's not, not really all that necessary, um, to do in order to get what it is that we really need to receive. Mm, this is so beautiful. Nicole, thank you so much. I know we're coming to the end of our conversation. Um, just would like to, um, of course, ask you for your last words of wisdom, but also um, your projects, what are you working on now, and all mm -hmm. the things that you can share with our listeners before we let you go. Yeah. So um, what I'm presently working on is going for a round two of an offering that I made in the fall, um, which is um, a, an immersion, an online immersion, um, I'm calling Embodied Journey Foundations, The Art of Self-Guided Journeys. And it is specifically around creating a small, intimate container of individuals who um, want to gather and, and learn how to do this for themselves. And so the idea is you know, that there's instruction, there's dialogue, um, and that there's a designated week that people carve out to journey together and then come back and integrate together as a group. And they do this from the comfort of their own home. And it's really me, um, you know, it's a short amount of time that I'm doing my best to try to transmit some of the the skills and wisdom that I've accumulated over time directly to people with that idea of, of sovereignty and creativity um, and and growth for um, for oneself. So I'm hoping to have a new version of that um, sometime early next year. I don't have a specific date just yet. And um, and then other than that, you know, I'm just doing the work that I do with individuals as as well um, here in Colorado, and you know. Um, just really listening, Susan, for what is calling to me and what am I calling in simultaneously uh, and stepping forward. And so I don't want to take on too many projects. Um, and that's actually been an important practice. It's like there's so much going on in the space that one could get involved in. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of staying in my own lane and really using that life force and that creative energy to, to be generative in a way that I think is going to have some good longevity. So those are the things that are up in my world. And um, you can find the, the Embodied Journey Foundations at the Luminous Guide website. So it's theluminousguide.com. And uh, my, my individual self is nicolelilly.com. So feel free to peruse either of those that's wonderful thank you we'll be adding those into the show notes as well and last words of wisdom what would you like to say to our listeners oh gosh you know thank you for thank you susan for holding the space mm -hmm. and for me to allow my voice to come through in this way like that's it's really deeply meaningful to me um you know, like, let us all be in a, a place of evolution, right? And let us all be willing to, to get it wrong and change our minds and, you know, be in process with that. And also to um, be a light. Yeah. Like you said, there's so much shadow, there's so much trauma, and we can really put a lot of focus and get stuck there. And so I just want to invite, like, 
whatever and however it is that you decide to open your heart space, let that be a light for the way forward. That's wonderful. Thank you so much again. And for our listeners, I think they should definitely follow you on LinkedIn. I think you are one of the most inspirational persons that creating content. And you can tell, I think after having this long conversation with you, I made my mind what this was, the, the attraction to your post. It's definitely that mature uh, um, approach, like maturity in your work and, and, and your message and, and really kind of, like you said, staying on your lane, doing your own thing. And just contributing to the world in that way, regardless of psychedelics or not. Mm. But it's really, really kind of doing the part and, and showing up in that way that just you, so unique to you, and you're not following any modalities or the structures that, you know, how should you be showing up in that space, but just doing your own thing. I think that's what is so contagious and attractive. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yes, LinkedIn is the only social media that I'm on. I know that I should be on all the other things and I'm I'm not right now. So you can find me there. You can find me at my websites. I send out a beautiful newsletter as well once or twice a month. So if you're interested to hear more of my words, I would invite you to sign up. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that, for your offerings. Okay. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. It's really been like a ceremony for myself. Mm. I think I need to take a now a few hours to just kind of um, integrate this. It's so beautiful. Mm. Um, if you have any questions, you want to share something, do make sure you do in the comments and reach out to Nicole and myself. Don't yes. be shy. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye for now. Much Thank fun. you. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.